The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. We have Cody Kaplinger, another Cody, so you might get a little confused while we're doing this interview because there's two Cody's on here. But Cody, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you on here. Thank you, Cody. I'm honored. Thanks for asking me to, uh, to participate. So Cody's been out in Colorado crushing it in solar for a long time. And one, I just wanted another Cody on here because there's not very many of us out on the East Coast. There's a lot more on the West Coast. Um, but two, he's gone through this, this journey of, you know, coming into solar without knowing anything, doing very well, and then starting his own company and running that. And, and, and not just doing it himself, but building a team around him. I think that's a very awesome story to hear and get like personal details on that. So Cody, for people that don't know who you are, um, kind of guess, just give us a short bio of, of who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, we, uh, I come from a mattress background, mattress sales and, uh, and uh, designing. And I got tired of waiting for what customers are going to walk in the door that day. So I stumbled into uh, to solar, and uh, after after about six months working for another company, decided to go ahead and uh, link up with a buddy of mine and start up our own solar company. Nice. So what like would you say your start in sales came from? Were you one of those people that were just like you you didn't do sales, but you came into it later in life, or were you just born with it? Was it something you innately already did from like the get go, just who you are? Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely one of the kids that was born with it. I've always been selling something my entire life, whether it was candy bars in elementary school or when my uh, when I turned 10, my brother bought me a lawnmower to start my own lawn mowing business uh, called Cody's Mowing. Called Cody's Mowing. How did you, so tell me a little bit about Cody's Mowing. What was that? What was yeah. that like? Push mower yeah. or, or uh, riding lawnmower? It was push mower. I lived out in the country, so I had to ride my, my bike you know, two, two miles or so to my brother's house to, uh, to, get a, to get my lawnmower out. I had a little branded gas can that I wrote Cody's Mowing with my cell phone number on it and my cell phone and, uh, and just started hitting the doors. And my brother taught me kind of the basics of door to door. He told me that if somebody told me no to look him in the eye as a 10 year old and say, are you, are you sure my prices are really reasonable and uh, see if I can't land that sale. Did that take a lot of courage the first time you actually pulled that off? Yeah, absolutely. But I got my, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate because the very first door I knocked on said yes to me. So uh, I got the excitement. I got my first $20 uh, as a 10 year old knocking doors and uh, the rest was, was, uh, was, was history. It was pretty addicting after that. Nice. So what, what, what else did you do in your, your teen years besides mowing? Well, how, how many lawns did you mow? Just curious. I'm kind of like, dive into the business here. How, how many lawns did you build up to? Yeah, so I had a clientele when I finished uh, probably 30 to 40 a week, uh, I would say, and they're averaging about 25 bucks, 20, 25 bucks a lawn. So for, for a uh, you know, 
15 year old, I think is when I, I hung up my mowing hat. That was pretty good money. That is really good money. I, I got teased by my friends for, for uh, knocking doors and pushing a lawnmower around the neighborhood. So kind of, kind of silly of me, but I decided to get a real job at a pizza restaurant and uh, I just couldn't, couldn't stay away from the doors. So uh, one time <clears throat> I lived in a small city in Oregon and uh, the freeway would oftentimes shut down because of snowstorms. And uh, I had the idea to make a bunch of pizzas and go, uh, go knock on all the semi trucks that were stuck in the nearby parking lots doors and try to sling some pizzas for a, you know, a $10 markup of pizza and, and absolutely crush it. Ended up on the CB radios and uh, would mark the pizzas up about 10 bucks. So I think I made a few hundred bucks that day knocking doors too. What was your pitch? Like you just ran up like, what, what actually, what, what was your pitch? And did you get any like funny reactions? Yeah. I mean, it's truckers, right? It's kind of a wild card of uh, what you're going to get. But uh, I threw the, the uh, light up pizza light on top of my car, stacked up 10 or so of them in a warm bag and uh, looked for, for uh, the trucks that recently pulled in and just uh, knocked on their door and said, Hey, Everything's shut down because of the snowstorm. Are you are you hungry? I got uh, I got a couple pizzas in here. I'm selling them for 20 bucks each, if uh, if you'd like. And uh, it took me two or three truckers, but eventually I got a sale. And uh, the next one I sold let me on the CB radios, and then it was uh, basically chasing semi trucks for the rest of the night on who wanted pizza. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. They, so they so. Go ahead. They flashed their lights at me when I drove by after I was on the CB radio if they wanted pizza. So I, I basically drive around and wait for the truckers to flash their headlights at me. That's like, and that was like, what, just curious, what year was that? Oh man, that's a that's a that's a great question. I was I was uh, 16, so I'm not, I'm not sure when that would when that would put me, but. Uh, it was it was about 15 years ago. 15 years. So I was like before social media. <laughs> it's like CB radio yeah. was like the social media for truckers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they got they got the word out via CB. You know, that's so funny. Uh, my grandpa actually used to. He was he drove truck for a long time, and I remember we would we would just get in his his normal truck. It was a lot of pilot pilot car, and we would always play the CB radio, and he would get so mad at us. <laughs> And I'm sure truckers would just randomly hear these kids on the radio and thinking, who the heck is letting these kids on the radio? <laughs> anyway. Um, That's awesome. So you, then you went to mattress sales. How, how long did you do mattress sales for? Gosh, I think I was in mattress sales for, for seven or eight years. Uh, worked for, for a, a large chain here in town for a while. And then I got recruited to help run and manage a small chain of mattress stores here. And that's, uh, really where I attribute the majority of my sales uh, knowledge from. The owner of that really took me under his wing and, and uh, you know, taught me that it's about selling the sizzle, not the steak. Everything needs to have a story and, and, and needs to be romanced. So how do you do that with mattresses? Because like, I've, I've gone to a couple mattress stores and I can be honest with you, the sales guys were not great. You know, I, like, you came, came there out of need and uh, but how do you sell the sizzle and the steak? Maybe we're getting into a little bit of shady territory with mattresses. <laughs> no, abs absolutely not. So that was part of the fun of it is uh, we designed mattresses that were, were different. 
So in my opinion, the nicest mattress out there is a latex mattress. There's different types of latex mattresses, where they come from in the world, how much chemicals go into it, the chemicals that can you know, uh, give you headaches at night, uh, all of that stuff that can set you apart uh, and, and uh, explaining that it's a Sri Lankan latex and uh, how that process goes through and, and uh, how long it takes for it even to get over here. That's all stuff that uh, builds a story in somebody's head that makes, the, makes a mattress worth $4,000. So how do you, let me ask you this then, how do you balance being over technical in a sale? Like you can, and you can push a sale, you can push so much information on a client that they get an analysis paralysis versus telling a story that motivates a buyer, right? Because there's a balance there. I know some people that get way too technical and totally lose it. But some people that are, don't get technical enough and then they don't build enough trust and value. So where, where's the balance there? Yeah, ab absolutely. I think it's about asking the right questions and making it about the, the customer. Um, finding out what their needs really are and going, going from there. Uh, for for uh, mattresses, it was finding out if they had lower back pain, shoulder pain, um, and, and really fitting a comfort style first. And uh, then when it came time to, to push why they should spend X amount of money on it, you get a little bit more in, in, in depth with it. But for solar, uh, I, I think it's, it's a lot easier. There's not, there's not 40 mattresses on a showroom to show somebody, right? So it's one product and the story can be pretty, uh, pretty straightforward to somebody. If, if, you, if you kind of create the need and solve the problems and uh, explain why it's so beneficial for people, and then why why you're different as a salesperson in a company. Uh, that's all part of the sizzle that that helps people to pull the trigger. Because at the end of the day, there's a hundred other solar companies in Colorado that can sell the same product and and uh, do the same thing that I'm doing. So it's just about it's just about being uh, being different, explaining a story, and building some emotion in the process. Love it. That's 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 like. I think the key there is you focus more on like the, well, one, you focused on what the person, the end goal the person's trying to get. And then two, put a story that shows how you'll solve that problem. And I know that's like a very simple outline, but I also think it's a very powerful one. And a lot of people get too caught up in all the other stuff and they forget. It's just like this person has, the person's seeing you for a reason. They have a pain they're trying to solve. And what, what's the story that's going to help them like solve that, that pro that pain or problem. And like that formula is super powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you got, so you're doing mattresses and you, like you said, you felt like you were fishing a lot in, in that you had to wait for people to come to you. You had your line in the water, but again, it's, you, you wanted to come out and do a career where you weren't so much dependent on people coming into the store you could go out and find customers. And so you found solar. What, what were your initial steps into solar like? Dude, yeah. So for, first of all, with mattresses, there's nothing worse than watching a pump up Grant Cardone video and having nobody walk in the door for 10 hours. <laughs> That's the absolute worst feeling. You're just ready to crush it and there's nobody to crush it with. So I, I, uh, I had a crush on, on being able to go out and get my own uh, customers somehow in sales. And uh, I was actually watching an interview 
I, I used to be a, a, a big follower of Grant Cardone, and it was with a Vivint guy. I think his name was Alex something. Uh, and I, he said how much money you can make uh, with solar. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And uh, he mentions a store to door. And I, I kind of had this epiphany that I didn't have to be the vacuum salesman door to door. And I've done door to door before in my life with lawn mowing and, uh, and pizzas. So why not just suck it up and, and give it a try and, and give it a chance to go out there and get my own customers instead of them to come in to, to see me. Love it. So what, like, you, you, you took the chance on it, but how long did that, that growing process for you, to, or that, that, that process to learn and get com comfortable or get productive in it take? Yeah, absolutely. So I was lucky enough to get recruited uh, to my first solar company by Dallin Andrus, uh, who's an absolute killer in the industry. And uh, he, he really helped me out a lot in learning the industry and, and how to knock doors. Um, I feel kind of bad looking back at it because I totally sucked when I first started. Uh, this wasn't something people talk about how they made more money in their first week than they did their last six months at their last job. That, that wasn't me. I totally sucked at solar for uh, four or five months and uh, really had a hard time even uh, seeing a future in, in it. And I realized that I needed to, to get myself to a, to a company in a position where I could see a strong future. And uh, that was kind of the changing point where it, it became not about, uh, it became something I was passionate about instead of something I just did. So what was, what were some, just again, I, I know a lot of times we like to focus on the success and if it's okay with you, like what are some things that you actually struggle with that, that were tough at the beginning, if you're okay being vulnerable about that? Yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'll get a little vulnerable. So when I first started, uh, the, the, basically I got two days shadowing somebody on the door and, uh, then I was kicked out on my own and, uh, they, they cut me out of an area and I went out there to go crush it and I got all excited until I parked my car. And then I basically pooped my pants and was too scared to get out of my car. Never in my life have I had anxiety over something like getting out of my car to knock doors when I first started. Um, and you know, I would I would drive around a neighborhood long enough that I thought everybody was freaked out that I was there. And then I'd go to another neighborhood, and uh, and you know, hang out and hang out in my car over there. And uh, it wasn't until a colleague of mine, actually my current business partner, reached out and said, "Hey man, you want to go want to go partner knocking today?" And that was the that was really where everything changed for me. Once I was able to go out there and knock with somebody else and eventually split sides of the street and, uh, and, and now, now knock by myself. I, I kind of needed those steps to get me to, to where I am now. But those first, that first month, uh, it was so, so brutal just being too petrified to get out of my car. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember for, for me, it was a little opposite. Like the, I, I had this part of my brain that I could just go numb in and just knock doors and not think about the results. Um, but I remember later on my career, that's, it was actually, I just got tired of knocking and tired of getting numb and I had to do the same thing. And I, I learned that just being vulnerable and saying, Hey, do you want to go knock together? And just literally splitting, like, you don't really have to talk to the person like door to door together, but literally just splitting sides of the streets and going was super empowering for me because it kept me one accountable, but it also just made the job more fun, you know? Totally. And it's like, I, for people that are out, like, 
I, I know there's a lot of solar professionals out there or just door to door guys and they want, they see the big bucks and they try to chase off after certain deals. But like any, any, it doesn't matter how big your pay scale is anything times zero is zero. So it's worth it to like have an accountability partner, whether that's like in a company, so you make less or like you pay somebody to be out there with you. Like it makes a huge difference to have somebody, another human being and that's positive and, and accountable out there with you and knock of doors. And I like appreciate you sharing that. So at what point in time did you, did you feel like, okay, that, that anxiety of like knocking doors has gone away because now I'm proficient enough at it that I can get consistent results. Dude, Cody, I still get anxiety when I go out to, to the hood. <laughs> I know, but you still do it. I, everybody gets anxiety. I think, I think you have to be kind of a psychopath if you don't get anxiety knocking <laughs> I shouldn't say psychopath, but I should say like, I mean, it's still like, no one does this for a lifetime. And the people, the few people that do are, are, are unique. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, for me, it really was, uh, it was partner knocking with that guy splitting the sides of the streets. Uh, it, it took a little while of that. And once I, I kind of got comfortable talking to homeowners on my own and realizing that uh, I'm not bothering them. Most people are super cool that I knocked on their door and, uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've even been thanked that I knocked on their door. So <clears throat> I, once I realized people are super nice and uh, it's basically about repeating the same thing over and over again and doing the same process, uh, it became a, a lot easier. And, uh, and and tracking my numbers really helped. Once I, once I got to a point where I tracked how many homeowners I actually talked to instead of how long I was out there, that, that really helped. That's good. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple key words that I'm going to expound on a little bit. Is you mentioned process. And I think a lot of people get focused on the results. And the results are good to review at the end of the day. But in the middle of the day, when you're or in the middle of your work, just focusing on the process of, okay, this is the pitch. I know it works. I'm just going to follow that process over and over again. And then the results fall. And you get to the end of the day, you're like, oh, wow, I like, got this many appointments or I got this many doors, whatever. You know, you, the results come. But like, if you just focus on that process and let that become the driver, then like the, the, the negative results, the people that are rude or, or shut the door in your face or just say no, those like aren't as like damaging, you know? And I, I like how you said like the pro, just I kept going through the process and then looking at the results later you know i think that's a, a huge key uh, anything else you want to add on that cody yeah it's it's also uh, along with the process it's also i realized entirely about momentum uh, if you get out there on a monday and you get a couple of rfps a couple of appointments uh it's so much easier to go out for the rest of the week if you start your week on a wednesday uh man it's way harder to get started if you close a deal on monday forget it. it's going to be an awesome week the rest of the week because you got some momentum rolling. But if it's, uh, if you're, if you haven't closed a deal in a week or two or got any appointments in the last week, it's a lot harder to get out there. So I think it's about consistency with that process to keep the, keep the momentum in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. Momentum plays huge. And I think we'll come back to that in a second, but so you, so you got successful enough. You're like, okay, I feel comfortable going out. Not, not to say you feel comfortable. You feel like, ready to make the jump into doing your own company. What, tell me a little bit about 
you know, Click Solar. I think that you know, I think that's the one for you first started with, and the one you I know that's your company now. But tell me a little bit about that venture, like what that was like starting your own company, and then we'll go into like the team building space. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, after I worked at the first solar company, uh, I decided to go work for a small dealer, and uh, you know, bigger commissions, all of that that everything everybody always chases when it comes to a, a small dealer, and I realized that there was a lot of ambiguity and there's not a lot of organization and i thought you know what i can i can do this better and uh, that's when my business partner and i really uh kind of linked up and decided let's let's launch this thing and and uh do it ourselves and and i'm i'm proud to say that i know we have done it a lot better than both of my previous companies nice nice so what were some of the, like what were some of those early learning lessons or, but, or also opportunities, you know, that you first, when you first got started. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the, uh, the hardest things getting started was balancing everything that goes into the back end of running a solar company and still getting out there and trying to lead from the front. Um, the, probably the, the, the biggest turning point since we started was when we hired an office admin, hiring an office admin to build proposals, uh, to help organize accounts, do a little project managing. Uh, that, that was a huge game changer for us. Mm -hmm. And really realizing that you can't do everything and you need to delegate some of that stuff out is, uh, has been a hard learned lesson because I'm a, I'm a control freak and uh, I would like to do everything, but I, I can't, I know that. <laughs> so it started with you and your business partner and then how, how has that grown over time? Yeah, so it was just me and my business partner, Chase, uh, Chase Burke, and we've since grown it to being a two-office uh, two company. We have an office in Denver. We also have another office in Boulder, and uh, including our, our setters, our closers, and our office staff, I think we've uh, been hovering around the 20, 20 reps and, and uh, 20 contractors working for us, Mark, and uh, absolutely loving every second of the, of the adventure. Uh, as we as we grow, we're we're hoping to expand into to other markets out here in Colorado, and uh, and open other offices. But in the in the upcoming years, we'd like to grow into other states as well. How what what have you done that's been able to grow that? Because that's pretty quick growth. In in most comp like most companies, when you look at their growth, like it's a lot slower than that. But adding like twenty employees in the first year, and and if you look at the numbers of solar and sold i'm sure that it's in the multi-millions like that's a lot of growth by any like standard in in the normal business world like how did you get that amount of those amount of recruits were those just friends you already knew or were that were those cold recruits from like job ads like what were you able to do they got that many people in the door and then successful as well yeah that's an that's an awesome question uh the as far as the recruits go the first several recruits recruits actually I, I uh, bribed them with living with me uh, so I've, I've housed a number of employees that we uh, have had uh, one of them is my current Denver office manager and he crushes it but <clears throat> that was kind of something that we did to start start off and building the right culture I'm super lucky my business partner uh, no matter what the day is we seem to be yin and yang and uh, he helps he helps uh, balance me out and uh, likewise, and I think both of us are, are two of the hardest working uh, people we know. So we, we uh, 
I think a huge reason why we've been so successful is long, long hour days and keeping our eye on the, the future. Nice. Um, so you so I think there's a cool thing there. You're like, you were able to provide added value to people. Cause I think for, for a lot of reps that first get started in commission sales, especially there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a few things you can do to help make it certain for them. They can focus on the job and that makes them more successful. And one of those things is housing. And I know a lot of companies do that is provide some housing and that helps like, okay, I'm going to be able to come home to somewhere that's like safe and warm <laughs> so I can go out <laughs> and I can focus on the uncertainty of commission sales. And then once the commissions start coming in and they start getting on their feet, then like that kind of transition out and they become like that certainty like rolls with them. Um, so like for those new reps, like what are, what are some key pieces of advice or, or just the reps you had right now? If like you were in a room with them, like what's one thing you would want to make sure to tell them, help them along their journey? Yeah, it's all about time management and, uh, and, and getting out there. We, we primarily prospect door to door. So it's, uh, for us, it's about the three to seven. If they're out there from 3 p.m. till 7 p.m., uh, they're going to be successful. Uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's as simple as that. And knocking doors, not hiding in their cars like I did. So we, we try to partner them up. We do a lot of shadowing. Um, we, we encourage partner knocking with each other. Uh, but we, we, uh, we really focus on trying to get them locked into a schedule that, that makes sense for them to be successful. Because if they don't see success in the first week, uh, it's going to be an uphill battle from, from then on. Nice. Well, what are some of those key metrics for success that first week? Yeah. Uh, so we, we usually spend the first day in the office kind of going over basics of solar and uh, what that looks like. After that, we, we, uh, we have them shadow, shadow three, three of our best sales reps. Um, and sometimes it's my business partner or myself will get out there too and, and uh, knock doors with them. But we, we try to get them knocking on their own in the first week uh, with somebody there as backup. So it's a lot less scary. They don't have to just, uh, they, don't, they don't have to just go out there and hope that they got it down. Yeah, well that's, that's one thing in my life I've been very appreciative of is like when I first started knocking, I would get to a point and I knew like, this is where the fail sit, the sale fails. And then have a mentor come in like right at that point. And then I'd be like, oh, they said this or did this thing to get the person to move or change their, you know, their, their mindset. And then they re-engaged and, and got to the next step, you know? And like those little like micro improvements by watching someone else get past a hurdle I couldn't get past was a huge advantage. And then like that helped Per, like my progression and well the other half was I was humble enough to be like I'm an idiot they're really smart I'm gonna do exactly what they just did you know and just yeah. keeping that progression going like is, is huge absolutely we're also a huge uh we're huge supporters of recording yourself um so we have, we like to have our new guys record their door pitch throughout the week and send them to us uh or even their their closing uh because even if they listen to their own door pitch or closing, usually you can hear where you lose somebody yeah. uh, and help refine your own pitch from, from there. So I think that's uh, one of the biggest tricks I picked up on in the last year is recording yourself can, can uh, shorten your learning curve and, I mean, and cut, it, cut it in half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So where, so 2020 new year, I, I'm not, 
I'm kind of anti New Year's resolutions because I kind of I think it beats the defeats the purpose of actual goals, which should be ongoing improvement. But I I do believe twenty <laughs> it is it is a good reminder, and it is a, a year is a nice benchmark to go by. So like, what's for Click Solar, Solar for Cody Kaplan here? What are what are your what's the outlook for 2020? What are some things that you're hoping to accomplish? Yeah. Dude, Cody, you're you're hilarious, man. I watched, I listened to that podcast today on 2020, and uh, I don't know why there's so many haters on people for New Year's resolutions, but uh, this this year in the gym, it's been the deadest after New Year's I've ever seen. So oh, I'm really? Scared that it's a fad that everybody's not doing it this year, but uh, but but one of my resolutions uh, or one of my goals for the year, ironically, I've never been on a podcast in my life. And literally an hour and a half before you text me uh, to be on the podcast, I wrote down that I wanted to be on three podcasts. So no way. that was totally bizarre. <laughs> and uh, what a what a chance! What a what a time! Uh, what what a uh, coincidence! That's the word I'm looking for. But for 2020, we're really focused on expanding our team, uh, but but doing it right. We want everybody to be focused. One of the mistakes we've made in 2019 is uh, letting too many reps. Uh, be part-time solar sales reps and we don't want that to be our culture we want to have a culture of, of everybody winning uh, and and uh, we're we're huge believers in and momentum so we want to grow our team uh, but we want to grow it right and you know if we have to uh, drop a couple of reps to, to get there we want to do that our one of the ion actually I think both of the uh, ion offices I've heard so I've heard closed over a hundred accounts in uh, I think it was July. One of them might have been two hundred accounts. So our goal this year is to hit a hundred accounts in July, the month of July. Cool. Uh, and and uh, lead up to that from from here to there. Nice man. Um, what? That was so good. I just don't even know where to go with that next. <laughs> but um, what? So, so you guys are centered in Colorado. That's where I was going with that. So you guys are centered in Colorado for people that you're looking for, for part of that growth. What, who's your ideal candidate like to help you in that process of, of hitting a hundred, hundred sales, a hundred installs in one month? Yeah, we're looking for sales reps. We're looking for managers. We're looking for people that are really hungry experience or not. Um, I've only been in solar for a total of a year and a half. So I'm obviously a huge believer that you don't have to have a lot of experience to make a difference, but we're, we're looking for, uh, even a, we're looking for anybody that's hungry and, and focused to move forward. If, if there's anybody that would like a chance at being a, a manager uh, or has experience being a manager, we're looking to open offices this year in Colorado Springs and uh, in Fort Collins and potentially up in the mountains somewhere. So uh, we're looking for sales reps, we're looking for managers, we're looking for anybody who's focused on moving forward this year. Nice, man. Um, and when you, when you say manager, define, define that for me. Cause I, I've been doing this long enough that when I put a manager ad on indeed, every buddy and their dog applies to that. Like I've had like seven 11, like store managers apply for like solar management experience. And I'm like, dude, that's not even close. Come on. Not that they can't be successful, but they're not going to jump straight to management from, from managing a shift in 7-Eleven. <laughs> so, um, actually, well, I did have someone that did, man, uh, I had a rep that actually managed a gas station. Her first full month, I think she sold nine deals. Wow. She made like 20K or something 
in her first wow. month and it was like life changing. So not that it can't happen, um, but th there, there is a, like what, when you just say management, what are you, what are you looking for in management? Yeah. Well, first of all, we believe management has to be earned, but if you have a, if you have a, a pretty kick-ass track record, uh, we'd love to to bring you on and have you earn it and expedite that process to get you get you in there. But you have to you have to be willing to lead from the front. You have to be willing to outwork everybody else in the office. And uh, most most importantly, you have to be a good leader and a positive person. So uh, those are a lot of that stuff is trainable as far as the leadership and being a positive person. But uh, we're that's what we're we're really looking for is somebody who's who's got a really good positive attitude, has a track record at killing it, and is willing to come in and earn that position in a, in a uh, you know, timely manner. Yeah, well, and I think just, just to kind of bridge the bridge and a parable there, it's, it's a lot like athletics, you know, like a lot of, you could have said those same things for someone that wants to be a, a team captain on a football team, but the key difference is there, like the team captain is one that like puts in all the extra hours that everybody else didn't and led from the front in like a, in an encouraging, helpful way that, that built others up, you know? And uh, so for people that are trying to visualize what that looks like, it's very similar to like a, a team captain on a, on a very high level sports team, just, just in sales and, sa and sales for me is the, and sorry to plug too much in here, but it, it's like the, uh, your, your professional at, at influence and emotional management. Like if you can do those two things, you can be a professional in sales and do and go very, very far. Um, Absolutely. So Cody, we've, we've covered a lot of topics. I think my favorite story was the door to door to truckers for pizza. Like I am always going to remember that. <laughs> but, but as we wrap this up, is there anything else that you want to, you want to, you have two cents you want to put in? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to thank you once again for, for asking me to be on the podcast. Uh, most of the people on here don't know this, but I've reached out to Cody in a, a hard time recently, and uh, he is an unbelievable, uh, good-hearted person and gave me a straight shot at uh, what I was having a problem with and uh, gave me some recommendations of even people to, to network out to and talk with. So, Cody, you're the real deal, and I'm, I'm happy to uh, and honored to have been a part of one of your podcasts. Yeah, no, well, and that, you know, that's what I've noticed. One, one turn that business has taken over the last like five to 10 years is really a turn towards giving back and helping others just because that's the right thing to do. And I think that's building a way better business community um, just across all markets and industries. And I'm like, I'm very grateful for that. People that have inspired me to do that. And it's, it's cool to see how that builds strong relationships um, even among, among different entities and, and organizations. So um, guys, Cody Kaplinger, you can find him on Facebook really easy. You can find Click Solar. That's K-L-I-C-K, based out of Colorado. Um, and if, if you're looking to, to partner with someone, it, I mean, and especially if something rang true to you while you heard this interview, don't hesitate to reach out to them. They're very easy to get a hold of. And, and they're really, like, just, you, know, you got to look at the results, the proofs in the pudding. If, if someone's been able to grow from, like, zero to 20 people, and have them stick around there's something special going on there and so it's worth the conversation if you're in that area um being or i will say this like being around a team of people that are successful is one of your quickest ways to success and so they're they're, they're doing something good over there they're looking out for the people as best they can and that there's value there so cody i appreciate you jumping on the podcast and we'll keep in touch